Hey guys. I'm Josh. And I'm Brittany. And we have a new podcast called Murder and Marks. Yes, we do. We make some strong ass margaritas and we talk about all kinds of spooky shit. From cold cases, current crimes, paranormal activity, conspiracy theories, you name it, we love it. We do love it. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and the Apple Podcast app. Also, give us a follow on the gram at Murder and Marks. That's Murder and M A R G S. Join us as we get white girl wasted, faded, and turned the fudge up in this bitch. And potentially blackout. Yes, we will. Murder <laughs> and Marks. Bye now. Welcome Hello. to Resting Witch Face, your one-stop haunt for all things spooky, bitchy, and just a petite more. Oh, okay. I'm Jacoby, and I'm feeling very French this morning. Uh, apparently. Um, I'm Bailey Bennett. I've noticed that both of our voices are like an octave lower than normal today, or at least mine is. Well, I think, well, I, I love a good vocal fry, mm-hmm. and I think, well, you were up late and up early. And so are you. I mean, kind of. Yeah. But I mean... <laughs> Grant and I saw each other not 12 hours, less than 12 hours ago. Less than, I think we, yeah, we we parted from each other's arms about 11 and a half hours ago. You're right, because it is bright and early on a Saturday morning. And what, what did we do last night, Grant? Um, we were baptized in the mm-hmm. arms of Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstar. I am now whole. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, Bailey and I had the utmost pleasure of, um, as we mentioned in last week's episode, of attending the My Favorite Murder Live in Brooklyn last night. And um, not only did we see the show, but we also got to enjoy the meet and greet afterwards, all 45 seconds of it. Because of Grant's incredible generosity for (laughs) my birthday, which was like over a month ago. But I mean, it it was transformative. I know it's like, maybe it's weird for us to be gushing about another podcast on our podcast as much as we do. But like, I I think it's pretty clear that... People fucking love Karen and Georgia for many, many good reasons. And last night was just, it was just a confirmation of everything that I knew and loved about them and about that podcast. Yeah. So, um, well, the show was great. Um, yep. We we were very close. We were very nice. close. Um, we could really, like, you could really see their facial expressions. You could see everything that they're doing because as you probably can tell from their voices when they're recording they're very animated people and they were like mm-hmm. acting out a bunch of things Kara performed the dance from dirty dancing for us georgia georgia did while karen was singing although performed is like really a strong word because she kind of just like twirled around for about 15 seconds but it was she did although beautiful like, i don't know if this is going to be your complaint yeah the week okay so then i won't mention okay it. well t- yeah we're going to talk even more about this in the complaint section um, um not about karen and georgia but no. about something else that kept happening during the concert but um or show concert. not the concert um i don't know if any of you witches were there but um oh my god which would be hilarious uh but we got to hear about a cool cult church, church in brooklyn and we got to hear about all the coney island deaths which felt very mm-hmm. resting witch face on brand it really in relationship did. to when bailey did the disneyland deaths or disney uh-huh. world or whatever it was Dis- i did disney ghosts technically yes, t- but disney it did ghosts. also like included yeah. deaths but 
I mean, yeah, I, it, like, was... I don't know about you, but like it's simultaneously, I was like, wow, like I should go back to Coney Island. Like no. I've only been there once. And I was like, maybe this would be fun. And then like the more and more like Georgia was talking about like the, the people, like especially recently that were like hurled from the yeah. cyclone or whatever those were. In like 2007, I was like, um, th- everything about what she said made me absolutely never want to go there again. And you know how much I love rides. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Um, but I think it was just, it was such such a surreal experience for us because for me, this has been like a podcast that I've been listening to for over two years and two people that I feel like are my best friends slash my moms. And Mm -hmm. I have never actually met them, but they just are so like warm and welcoming to everyone that it feels that way when you're listening to them. So this was an incredibly amazing and surreal experience to see that there are so many other people out there who like feel the same way about them Mm -hmm. because I was looking around being like, oh my God, everyone around me is a Marino. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, isn't this like, I, I feel like this is just my thing. Like, mm-hmm. d- isn't it like me and two friends who listen to this podcast? Like, it's such a weird feeling, but they are understandably so wonderful that I, I completely get why everyone loves them. Yeah, I had a similar moment where I was, well, I was texting you being like, oh, like, what am I going to wear? And you were like, don't you have a fucking My Favorite Murder shirt? And of course, I was thinking like, oh, isn't that kind of dorky to like wear yeah. my fan cult shirt to the performance? And I was like, as I, I wore it and as I was like in the cab right there, I was like, oh, like, I feel like I should have worn something like a little cuter. And then I got there and like literally everyone was in like a My Favorite Murder shirt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, of course, because you all are fucking freaks yeah, just like us. Obviously. And like we're like all fangirling and fanboying and yeah fan gender non-conforming <laughs> over these two yes. amazing ladies um and then like as we said we got to meet them at the end we did which was a true well i mean we, i knew it was happening but it, the the serendipitous nature of how it went down was mm-hmm. really really incredible yeah if you don't mind me saying I, I don't so bailey had bailey, bailey was on a little bit of a time crunch mm-hmm. Um, so we knew that when the show was over that we had to kind of like, we were hoping that the the meet and greet would be like pretty expedited. Right. But then I was looking at the email that you sent me about like what to do as a VIP. And it was like, you should plan to be at the theater at least one hour Mm -hmm. past like when the show ends. And I was like, fuck, I really like, I, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. And like they, the show was supposed to start at eight. 8.15 rolls around, no one's making moves. 8.20 rolls around, nothing is happening. Finally, they, like, take the stage at 8.30, which, like, of course they did. Like, them arriving, like, them performing on time would have been so off-brand for them. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it just worked out that they told, like, it was a pretty quick show. It was, like, an hour 15, hour 20 Mm -hmm. max. Um, Still a, a great show, but it just worked out that it was very short. And then somehow Grant and I ended up at the very front the, of the meet like and greet literally line. we the were the first, the people. first people to touch Karen and Georgia last night <laughs> and it was it was so bizarre because like i so the way it kind of worked is they kind of like led us up this like flight of stairs and we saw Karen and Georgia like walk into this like back room and like yeah. they like waved us and we waved back like fucking idiots um, Our hearts were racing. I know. I was like having the f- all the symptoms of an anxiety attack. Honestly, same. I was like, I didn't. I'm sweating. Th- my heart is gonna explode. I, I thought like I, I would perish. Yes. Um, my glasses were fogging up mm-hmm. from like just <laughs> sweat. Um, and so then we like were le- and so like I don't. I, for some reason, I thought we were gonna be able to like see other people. Well, I didn't think we were gonna be first, but I thought we were gonna be able to see other people greet them so uh-huh. we would know how to behave. But yep. no, we got led into this back room. We got asked numerous times if we were together. We got asked if we were husband and wife. That oh, was my oh, favorite. Yes, we did. We I wanted to be did. like, yeah, <laughs> Um, 
but I don't know if you if you caught this, but like when you went in first and then mm-hmm. I started going in, they were like, no, 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 one at a time. But then they before that they were like, you need to take pictures as groups. I know, and I was like, no, I'm with her. Yeah, <laughs> like that was strange. And I in that moment of panic, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to get in. Um, <laughs> but like we were like went through this like cloaked entryway mm-hmm. and. There was like a step and repeat, mm-hmm. and there they were in all their glory. And they were um, so so sweet and like so sweet. In true Vince fashion, Vince is George's husband, and he takes all the photos. And he he took like thirty to forty photos on my phone, all of like all of the candidates of us like hugging them and talking to them before we like s- set up our photo. And they are adorable slash deranged. We have never well, you've never looked more manic. Uh huh. I've never looked gayer no. as I'm like literally clutching my pearls. Yeah. Like, it, like almost absorbing Karen I into my like body. I looked like I was going to eat George's face. <laughs> we, I feel like we need to share at least a few of these oh, photos yes. because well, we look crazy, yeah, well, but it's just because we love them so much. Yes, we'll my post these. smile muscles were hurting. Oh, I, I mean, I was smiling the whole night. Yeah. Um, but, which is a very rare mm-hmm. thing for both of us <laughs> with yeah. our, our I mean, classic RBFs. Resting witch face. We did tell them about our podcast. And we did. George said she was going to look it up. Um, we'll see. We'll see about that. But like, you know, no. <laughs> they were like, they were like, what's the name of your podcast? And we both were like, wrestling much face. And, and Georgia was like, wrestling? And we're like, not <laughs> no, quite. No. Um, but I think needless to say, uh, Karen and Georgia are are two combined badass bitches Fuck this yes, week they because are. they truly are so inspiring to so many women and so many people out there. You know, they're they're just they're so funny and they're so genuine and they spread the word for so many good causes and I think mm-hmm. have helped so many women through a lot of a lot of different issues, whether that be mental health issues or going through a trauma or, or getting over an attack or whatever it is. Like they they truly, I feel like have helped me prepare for living in this world right now. Yeah. So I could not agree more. And even from a more kind of like petty stance, like they like that their podcast has just been like something that has calmed me and soothed me and like very long, boring car rides when I've been commuting to and from New York, mm-hmm. um, sorry, to and from Boston to New York um, for various jobs and like visiting family. But then also just like, it's something to look forward to every week and just kind of like makes me happy. And, yeah. um, you know, especially as you all are aware, as this episode is dropping, we're in like in a very tumultuous time for, for women and mm-hmm. for this country. And it's, I actually going to the concert last night. I was like, that's not a fucking concert. Um, <laughs> but going it to the kind show. of feels like a yeah, fucking rock it concert. Do, it does. I mean, there were a lot. Of, there was a lot of screaming. Um, but you know, I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be like a little bit dark, and I feel like mm-hmm. it's going to be like heavy because of you know everything that's going on in our political system. And I was like, oh, like this is going to be like kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. And I just was all smiles the whole night, and yeah. it just, yeah, and they, they've taught me a lot just about you know what language should you, I mean, just even the term sex worker, you know, kind of changing the way that I talk and Mm -hmm. think about mental health issues and women's issues. Um, And it's just been very enlightening and they're just so funny and so wonderful. And um, yeah. 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 I want to, well, really quick before we move on to other things, can I do a shameless plug? Sure. (laughs) Well, um, so the reason that I was on such a time crunch last night is because my wonderful boyfriend Kyle's band was releasing a new record and I wanted to be at the release show and I did make it for the whole set. But for the entire time that we've had this podcast, Kyle has been incredibly supportive of Mm -hmm. us providing all of the technology that we use to record this podcast and spending his time for free every week helping us to mix it and put it out so that it actually sounds good. Um, So 
I just wanted to give him a little shout out because, or in, in his band, which is called Adler Hall, um, their new record came out this week and it's called Beware the Water. I think it's really, really good. And I'm not just saying that because he's my boyfriend. I think I'm a little bit biased, but it is like a very stunning record and, and you know, like just like very rich vocals and just that indie rock vibe. I think a lot of our, our listeners would like it. So if you want to check it out, their band is called Adler Hall, A-D-L-E-R Hall. And it's available on like everywhere, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, like wherever you get your music so maybe i'll link we, i can link it out in an instagram story or something hell yeah yeah i um i haven't heard the album yet but i've seen kyle and his band perform mm-hmm. many many times over the years and it's always yep. an amazing time and he's the best yeah. so and they've been working for like a year on this that's so, incredible yeah. i'm so so happy for them yeah um sorry that sounded very like no no drone. i was like i'm so happy uh, no for it's, them. that's just how we normally are so <laughs> um but well, this week to to kind of get into, I'm going to be telling the story or stories this week, but to kind of get into that topic, we did want to, as we said, it's it's a little bit of a hard time right now. Sorry, I feel like we're jumping really all over the place, but um, Whatever. it's in on the day that we're recording this, it's it's very likely that um, Brett Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court, which is um, uh, it's difficult, and obviously we've already shared this on our social media but um dr ford christine blazy ford or blasey i've seen it I've, I've seen it pronounced both ways but um is obviously an incredibly brave and amazing badass bitch and a sexual assault survivor and someone who has really put her life on hold in order to do what she thought was right and um you know a lot of a lot of people just just don't really seem to to care about that anyway um but i found myself feeling do you want to say anything about her? Um, Sorry, not to put you on the spot. No, no, no. I'm I, just going to no, launch no, in. No, 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 of course. I, I think that you know, it's it's beyond even putting her life on hold. I mean, she's putting her life at risk, and yes. she's really changing the entire trajectory of the rest of her life, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Um, I think she's probably one of, if not the most courageous people I've mm-hmm. ever in- witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, following the footsteps of Anita Hall, and um, I don't know if you're going to say something similar. I just like, I really hope that through all of this first of all vote mm-hmm. vote these fuckers out mm-hmm. of the senate um but then also i hope that this even though that it's very likely that brett kavanaugh is going to get to be in the supreme court i hope that you know we everyone doesn't get too discouraged and keeps and uses it as like fodder to keep fighting and yeah. to keep um keep speaking out about these important issues um mm-hmm. because it's very easy to get defeated yeah. in today's political climate in our country. And um, she's my hero. Yeah, me too. So, um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, no, I was just going to say I've I found myself feeling really, just really angry in the last few days and weeks. And, I mean, I've been angry for like a good two years now. But this case really got to me as it did, for, I'm sure, for a lot of women and a lot of people out there because it's – fucking sucks um but it's gotten to the point where like a few days ago i was listening to some of the comments that trump made about this extraordinary woman and Mm. i was just like i just was crying on my way to work yesterday just like walking down the street because he made me so mad he's literally mocking her and i'm not i don't even want to get into what he said because it doesn't deserve to be repeated but I, i just 
Today, as kind of a therapeutic exercise, um, as I kind of wanted to kind of extend our talk about badass bitches past the beginning of the episode and just talk about a handful of women who fucking fought back. Yes. Oh, I just got chills. So, I'm so excited. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about women who are survivors of assault and of sexual assault and who physically took on these men and fought for their lives. And obviously this should go without saying, but I'm not telling these stories in any way to put down women like Dr. Ford or any other survivors who are not physically able to take down their attackers in the moment for a variety of different reasons, because every survivor is a hero and should be treated as such. But it's just simply that hearing these stories of horrible men being fucking put in their place is something that's really helping me get through right Uh, now. So I hope it helps you guys too. So (laughs) without further ado, I'm just going to tell you a, a few different stories about women who are awesome i love it take it away great <clears throat> i will try to interject as little as possible no it's fine please do i mean like they they deserve to be celebrated and like yeah. i mean some of these stories are i mean they're all very difficult some are a little bit more lighthearted than others but i mean th- these are all women who got who got through it and who are fucking badass so love it so first let me please tell you about nancy <laughs> flynn from odessa missouri in 2012 71-year-old Nancy (laughs) was in her own driveway around 8 p.m. on a Monday night in December. She was apparently, oh, sorry, I was also going to say I got all all this, most of this information or all of this information from like local news stories um, as well as Jezebel in the Washington Post. But so she was well known around town, apparently for cruising the streets of Odessa in her custom golf cart, which she had had made to resemble a 1957 Chevy. <laughs> oh my God, I'm obsessed with this woman already. I, I Holy I, shit. Just fucking wait. I love her. So on this night, the golf cart was, was parked and Nancy had just finished some Christmas shopping and she was blowing leaves out of her garage around 8 p.m., as I said, which I know I had the same thought was like, are there still leaves in December? I guess so. Oh, I was more like, why are, all there, why are there leaves in your garage? Yeah, she keeps it open to, to show off the golf cart probably. Uh, of course. You know. Um, so she, she's blowing the leaves um, and a man, a man approaches her in her driveway. Um, He asks her for a cigarette at first, but then demanded money from her, which she refused to give. So the man pushed this 71-year-old woman to the ground, thinking that he could easily overpower her. Um, Instead, Flynn says, he was grinding my face in the concrete, and that's when I really got mad. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) Nancy harnessed the anger to kick that man in the groin. And Mm -hmm. he was, like, very upset. And then (laughs) quickly threw some cash onto the ground, apparently $83 worth of cash, to distract him. Mm -hmm. Because this guy is a fucking idiot. And he immediately is... Well, she says, um, he was very upset and he grabbed himself. And then he started cussing at me. But the money did work in distracting him. So he's, like, just crouched on the ground, like, trying to gather the money up. But also, Mm -hmm. like, in pain and just, like, can't really stand up. Because this guy fucking sucks. Um... So while he's like crouched over trying to collect the money, Nancy sneaks into the garage and grabs a wooden club and a can of mace from her prized golf cart. (laughs) And while he's still trying to stand up, she just starts beating him with the wooden club and then sprays him in the face with the mace. Yes. (laughs) Finally, her attacker had had enough and he shouted for a truck that had been waiting around the corner to come rescue him. (laughs) And he literally flees the scene. (laughs) 
Good. <laughs> Nancy says, I beat him up. A 30 or 40 year old man. So I don't think he'll be back here messing with me. And then I really love the, the last line from this local news article that says, other than scrapes to her face and a bruised toe from kicking the man, Flynn said she is just fine. <laughs> oh my God. What a badge of honor to have a to have like your one of your only injuries be a bruised toe from kicking someone in the dick. Right? I, I really, it. really love it. I love it. Um, okay. Another case that took place in 2015 in South Carolina. Um, this is a survivor whose identity has remained anonymous, um, but we know that she was a 33-year-old woman um, in South Carolina. She was at her home shortly after dawn on October 16th when she heard knocking at the door. Now, I just want to say, I'm not in any way shaming this woman, but if you're home alone and someone knocks on your door in the middle of the night, you don't have to answer it. You don't have to answer if, if someone's I mean, knocking I never door at knock 3 p.m. On, yeah, I pretty much never answer the door. Like, try to talk to them through through, through the doorway. Try to figure out who it is. Like, it, it's like... I don't trust anyone who we're, comes to Yeah, door. we're long past the time Even where, like... I'm expecting you. Right? We're, we're long past the time in America where, like, someone will come to your door because they're like, I really need to use a phone. It's like, no, no you, you don't you have a cell phone. Like, you, yeah. I, you don't need to come to my door unless you're in serious physical distress. Um, but, so she went to... She went to check to see who it was, and she found that no one was there. Then the knocking began a second time. And again, she she went to check, and she found no one at the door. This is another bad sign. We don't need to keep checking. But <laughs> when the knocking began a third time, she opened the door to find 16-year-old Antoine Miller standing in front of her with a 13-inch serrated knife. <gasps> So that's now, a big fucking it's knife. It's really big. Does that mean a 13 inch blade or does that mean including the handle? It's 13 inches. I really have no idea. I've always wondered that. That's so big. That's like a saber. Yeah. <laughs> Machete. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, so Jason Voorhees was at the door. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so now these next passages are taken directly from the Washington Post story on the incident. The woman screamed no and tried to flee inside her house, but the man pushed his way into her house and locked the door behind him. He then tackled the woman and punched her several times in the face. Stop fighting and I won't hurt you, the man reportedly told the woman before slinging her over his shoulder and carrying her into the bedroom. Mm -hmm. The woman, however, had no intention of giving up. And when the attacker tried to pull, pull down her shorts, she kicked him in the groin. Good. Classic move. Everybody kick, <laughs> kick everyone in the groin. Now you have to die, he told her, according to the police report. No. The assailant then forced himself on top of her and shoved his tongue in her mouth. Ooh. <clears throat> so the woman decided she needed to fight back against her attacker by going for what this article called his most vulnerable target, his tongue. She says she bit down on it until she, quote, heard it snap and then felt Miller get off of her in pain. She spit his tongue out oh, on her kitchen floor and fled to a nearby gas station to call the police. Shortly after the incident, Miller was accidentally turned in by his own mother, who called <laughs> emergency medical services to help her son. Quote, as police began searching for the suspect, they received some unexpected help. Over the radio, they heard that a North Charleston woman had called for an ambulance for her son. When asked what was wrong with him, she told the 911 operator uh, that his problem was not having a tongue, according to the police report. <laughs> Miller was quickly arrested 
and charged and was tried as an adult. Dead. Um, this is very sad, but worth noting that in this case, uh, a neighbor said about Miller, I don't believe that he is responsible for his actions. He told the TV station he has a brain disorder that causes him to act on impulse and do things. Oh. He's only reading at a second grade level, oh, no. which really sucks. I mean, a 16 year old to be doing this, like to be breaking into women's houses and like it just seems so so young like that's a baby and i'm it really is sad but but it's it's not though and that, that's yeah. something that i think has been pissing me off a lot mm -hmm. about, as i'm pissing off a lot of people about this whole situation yeah. with the supreme court is that people keep talking about people keep mm -hmm. it's like you make excuses for like these grown men who are like and then they're like oh but like he was just a kid like brock turner was right. just a kid right, right, but right. then when it's an unarmed black boy that's of course shot mm -hmm. they're like oh but one time he looked at some weed paraphernalia so he's like it's just it's it pisses me off and it's like crazy i'm thinking about like when i was 16 and like yeah did i know what i know now like no do i did i consider myself an adult no but did i know better than to like break into of someone's course. house and like attack them absolutely right it's like it's did just I know that it, like yeah mm. it's just not that hard to find a man who like hasn't done this shit i no. mean every like I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into it, but yeah, no, it's it's a slippery slope. But I just like I think that there, oh, I think a discourse being to remove, and and obviously there's a lot that goes into it, like nature versus nurture, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I just I don't know. That's just my two cents on the matter. No, I I totally agree, and I think this this lady was 100 percent in her right to bite his fucking tongue off. It makes me like I'm like, it's I'm like I checking to make sure my tongue I, is still there. I know it's Ugh. so horrible, but like. Great. fucking deserved it dude i don't know what to tell you like don't come don't do that don't do that yeah, don't <laughs> do that okay i also like did like was just the tip i know the whole probably it probably was like it was probably a, a piece a pe <gasps> i mean i can't that's that takes such force mm -hmm. to do the, that the tongue is like a, it's like a muscle right it's like a very uh-huh when you're mad you're mad when you're yeah. when you're fucking determined to not die, you yeah, fucking you, I'm do sure you'd that. be surprised what your what your body will do. Yes. What you will kick in a high gear. <laughs> All right. So the next story took place in the UK in November of 2015. In Sheffield, South Yorkshire, England, 20-year-old Sheffield University student Lucy Kucharik, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, was on her way home from a late shift at work in the city center when she sensed that she was being followed. She then crossed the street three times to avoid the man she suspected was pursuing her to see if he would follow her as well, and he did. Oh, oh I hate that. I hate that so much. Because that's, <sighs> yeah. that's kind of shit that I always think, like, oh, like, mm -hmm. great way of, like, trying to, like... I mean, yeah, there's... I am paranoid in, like, every situation whenever I'm walking alone, but I've never had that... Where I've never had it actually pan out where I was like, oh, no, that person is actually following... I can't... Oh, my God. I can't imagine. So she, she holds her phone and her keys in her hand, hoping that the ladder could be used to protect her if need be. CCTV footage would later show that she had been stalked for a mile by her oh. attacker, who was a man named Jonathan Holmes. Holmes was drunk at the time, but was actively looking for someone to prey on that night. He had been hiding in the shadows and corners all night, waiting and looking for vulnerable seeming women who were walking the streets alone. He eventually set his sights on Lucy, and he followed her for from a distance before his attack. 
He was a large, stocky 35-year-old man who threw Lucy into the bushes on the side of the road and wrestled her onto her back. This is the worst detail. He climbed on top of her and he said, you are going to enjoy this. Oh my God. Like, absolutely fuck off all the way to hell. Instead, Lucy, who was obviously terrified but angry and extremely determined, punched Holmes in the stomach. He was undeterred, though, and he tried to use his weight to smother her into submission, groping her and sticking his tongue in her mouth. Again, Lucy bit down hard, causing him to back down a bit, and then she used the keys that she still had in her hand to just attack his face. And I need to show you his mugshot because this guy looks wrecked. Oh, good. She fucking went to town on his, on this asshole and it, with her keys, and it's brilliant. Oh, my God. Like, it looks like he got into <sighs> a bar fight with another huge man. Both of his eyes are blacked out. He has cuts and scrapes all over his face. I fucking love her. Like, fucking good. Uh-huh. Um, so... So Holmes eventually gave up and ran away with Lucy shouting after him, you won't do that to a woman again. Mm-mm. Holmes was caught and charged and Lucy decided to ra- waive her right to anonymity to speak out and support other victims. She says that she had to fight back to survive, but also conveys how powerless she still felt after the attack saying, I just cried so long before I could say anything. Still a month later, she decided to read her victim impact statement aloud in court facing her attacker head on. She says, I knew that even if I got choked up or started crying in court, it would make the person that had done this to me realize that I am actually a person and a person with feelings. Holmes was sentenced to four and a half years in prison. That's it? I know. Yeah. For like a violent assault? I know. Well, I guess he was unarmed, which usually helps, but like also fuck you. The only reason he didn't succeed is because... She fucking stood up for herself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this last story is pretty wild. Good. It happened in 2013 in Houston, Texas. A woman named Dorothy Baker was out shopping at CVS with her two and five-year-old sons. While they were in the store, a man named Ishmael Martinez um, entered her unlocked van and hid out inside. When the family got back into the car, Baker said Martinez, quote, popped up out of the back seat and said that if I didn't want my kids to get hurt, that I would do exactly what he said. This is literally Mm -hmm. my worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. Everything like I'm so glad that I don't drive in New York City and I don't have to deal with parking lots and just like. Cool, I do. Do you still have your car here? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like you garage. you're a little bit like. I, I'm not More intimidating. I'm not, yeah, I'm not <laughs> like being a large man at standing at six five. You know, uh-huh. I'm not like ideal attack mm-hmm. prey. I'm just gonna knock on some sort of wood just because, uh-huh. like, I yeah, need to get mugged on my right. Yeah, but way home. But yes, Anyways. the idea of an attacker being inside of my car yep. is a true nightmare. Um, he then pulled a knife on Dorothy and demanded that she drive to an ATM for money. Uh, She refused, and Martinez became violent, but Baker immediately fought back, refusing to compromise the safety of her children. He cut her across the chest with the knife, and she grabbed the knife, but then he bit her hand. Then she, is she so sorry. Is she in the front seat? I'm pretty sure it's like she's she's in the front seat, and initially he like pops up in the back seat where her kids are. But then I think like climbs up to her so that he can like put the knife to her and direct her like where to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So she's just like, okay, well, I need to keep him up here. I need to fight with him up here and like keep my kids safe in the backseat. So she, she hits him in the face and tells him to get out of the car, but he doesn't. She then intentionally drives her van into a telephone pole, hoping that it would send Martinez through the front windshield. I thought, if you swerve and hit the pole, he's not wearing a seatbelt. He'll go through the windshield or at least hit his head and you can stop him. You can do something to make sure that he doesn't hurt your kids. So I guess I'm assuming that it's like they're all buckled in already. Like mm-hmm. they've gotten into the car and they're like about to drive away when he like pops up. Yeah. So they're all like secure. So she's like, well, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I assume so because I don't think her kids are just like bopping around in yeah. the backseat while she's like hitting things. This isn't a Diane Schuler situation. Right. And I think it's just like, she, she was like, I'll, I'll do anything. Of course. To just stop this guy right I now. I mean, this is kind of like, you know, the stories of, of mothers who can like have the adrenaline to lift cars. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, unfortunately, she said, sorry, she said, that's all I was thinking of really was just to get him away from my kids. Um, unfortunately, this idea didn't exactly work. He did not go through the windshields, but Dorothy managed to dial 911 during the fight in hopes that the dispatcher on the other end might hear what was happening and find a way to help. Eventually, um, she fought him off enough that Martinez jumped out of the van and tried to flee. But Dorothy wasn't finished with him yet. As he was running away, she ran over him with her car. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I think it'd be like she ran after him. No, 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 no. Oh, fuck. Girl on a fucking mission. She says, quote, I didn't mean to run him over. <laughs> I was just trying to stop him so he didn't hurt anybody else. I'm like, well, oh, fair. Maybe. Um, Martinez was then airlifted to to Memorial Hermann Hospital in Houston with serious injuries before later facing felony charges. And this is the best part. Dorothy says about the attack, you don't come after people with kids. I told him he messed with the wrong witch. Okay. (laughs) Yes, girl, you're one of us. Um, Yeah, so those are are basically the stories of some really badass survivors. Um, And I I love them all. I love them all. And I love every survivor. Yes, me ever. too. And I was trying to, I was like, I would love to come to this episode with some like actually usable information for for women and for men about what to do in these kinds of situations. Um, I feel like I don't, I don't know if I found like a very reliable source on that. I mean, there are definitely things you can do if you feel like you're being followed, they say like change up your route. Obviously, try to get to a more populated area. Like you're, I mean, you're basically they say to do what what Lucy did, which is like try crossing the street, try to mm-hmm. see if they're actually following you. And I think if you find in that case that they are, you have to try to get to a more populated area. And I don't even that's it's just so terrifying if they're really isn't one available or like if you Mm -hmm. see a gas station just like stop anywhere just have anyone around you and i think what she did which was having her keys ready in her hand is something that i've like done before when i've been paranoid and been like can i actually do anything with this and like i guess you can yeah uh you got to use a lot of force but you can um and they say the same thing about like if you feel like you're being followed in your car just like pull over to a gas station or a police station or yeah, that's something that I've, I've always been, for some reason, paranoid about is being yeah. followed by cars. And yeah, I've always been, like, told um, if you feel like there's someone tailing you in your car, mm-hmm. don't drive home. Mm-hmm. Drive to, like, a populated area or just, like, pull into a police station and mm-hmm. 
that'll deter the person from Mm -hmm. continuing to follow you. Yeah. I've also, I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast before, but apparently if an unmarked police car like tries to pull you over, Mm. um, you don't have to pull over for that car, I guess. Um, You can just, you're supposed to kind of continue driving and just, I have the number in my phone um, for police dispatch, I guess, which is kind of like non-emergency services. Mm -hmm. And you can call them and say like, do you have a car on this spot in this highway that's like tailing me right now? Or is this someone who's just trying to get me to pull over so that they can do something else to me? And they will tell you if that's a real police officer or not. And it's okay for you to drive for a little while with them trying to tail you. Or trying to pull you over. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, yikes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that was fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> just just a little bit of a, just a little therapy session for. No, it's good. I think it's important. Today. And I think, honestly, like, you know, it, it. I don't know about you, it makes me feel a little bit better to mm-hmm. hear about <laughs> just victorious yeah, I cases mean, of, you know, people who, um, we're able to fight back and and to kind of reiterate what you've said before, that does not mean that if you're physically or emotionally or for whatever reason unable to fight back, that doesn't mean that like you're mm-hmm. still not a badass and that you're still not um of course a survivor. You know, a lot of surviving from an attack happens way, way after the attack. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things yeah, that was one of the things that hit me about Lucy's story is like she's like, as strong as I was in the moment this was like the most traumatic thing that I had to get over after the fact. Mm -hmm. And like, I would just spend every day thinking that I was weak and powerless and that this could happen to me again, even though I was able to do what I did in the moment. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's just important to remember that for all survivors, your, your pain and your trauma is valid. And I think when in these cases where it's like, yeah, it's very clear what happened. It's very clear that I fought off this attacker. He has the injuries to show it. Mm -hmm. Whereas there are so many other cases where there is no quote unquote proof. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't believe survivors and that we shouldn't do everything we can to make sure that their stories are being heard and that people fucking pay attention and do something about it. So I could not agree more. Yeah. So, do you want to? Um, is it time to be petty? I think um, so too. I think session. Are we just going to continue to complain about what happened at my favorite murder? Um, uh, I was going to sing a little bit more. Okay, petty, you do. But you if do you yours. Well, or if you want to, um, this is so petty, and and we've talked about just like we talked about New York City traffic. We talked about the mm-hmm. subways, but I don't know if we've talked about like pedestrians behavior in New York. Besides when I think one of my earliest complaints was Mm -hmm. like when people just like walk in front of my car, especially if they're like holding a baby. Yep, yep, yep. Um, But recently I've just been like really fucking fed up with slow walkers and it's particularly. Oh Oh my God. One of my biggest pet peeves. Particularly when it's a slow group of people, usually in a duo or Mm -hmm. a trio. And if they are. Yeah. Bailey is (laughs) Bailey is doing like an ET gesture, but in reverse. (laughs) Um, lined up across that sidewalk. Lined up across that sidewalk or that subway platform mm-hmm. and they are meandering and taking their sweet motherfucking time. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw something that, like, like on Twitter about how like, and it's applicable, that like gays love to just like speed walk mm-hmm. and love to get places fast. Oh, me too. Um, so I, I do acknowledge that I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I need to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Maybe that's why I'm always sweating. Probably I mean, not, I but. feel like everyone in New York should be that way. Like there's a reason we have this incredibly fast paced lifestyle. Like where are you meandering to? It just, it drives me insane. Especially when you're like 
you're like do that whole like awkward like mm-hmm. like just like condense right like just condense a little bit i'm obviously trying to get around you <laughs> and, and always i always get dirty looks and i always especially like when i'm like and i i don't remember to be like excuse me like right because uh, uh, <laughs> no i as i've told you before i have a few major pet peeves in life transitions lenses women's deodorant slow walkers is right up there with the worst of them because yeah i i just I need to get where I'm going. Like if mm-hmm. I, I understand, like sometimes I'm out for like a nice leisurely walk, but like there's plenty of room around me for people to, to get by if they need to get somewhere. Um, just self-awareness, you know? I do. I do know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I want to bring it back to our our experience at MFM last night because as much as I love the Murderino community and it was so cool to see all the people there who love what I love and all the weirdos out there who are just like us, there were also just the crowd was not exactly what I was expecting. No. It to be. I was Go ahead. I, I was gonna say no, no you you <laughs> Okay. Well, the worst part was definitely the fact that we had a few girls sitting in front of us and a few girls sitting behind us who were actively having their own private conversations while the show was happening. More like a public conversation because yeah. it was like mm-hmm. very loud. Yes, just at like a normal speaking volume. We're talking about God knows what. A lot of the time they were just repeating the jokes back to each other that were Karen they? or Georgia had just said. I was, I was tuning them out because I was going to get mad. Yes, because the thing is that I think also, it's... Oh, fucking joke repeaters are the worst. Yes, I know. I think... It's hard because, as we were saying, like, it's hard to describe this kind of live performance because they don't, like, this isn't something that, like, this is a new thing that people go to see live podcasts being recorded. And it's not like, as much as sometimes it felt like being at a rock concert, it's not a rock concert because you're not there to see, like, it's not like there is just music blasting in your face the whole time. And if you're talking over it and you're having a conversation, like no one's going to hear you. Like that's not going to really affect someone's experience of watching this show. But when you're seeing a podcast, a storytelling podcast where two women are, they were, they were like three rows ahead of us. Like Mm. I'm, they could probably hear us talk if we would just started talking in front of them. And they do. And what I was going to say before is like, they do hear us. And the thing is that, um, if you've listened to my favorite murder and there's particularly obviously, no, not particularly in their live episodes. Yeah. They do get heckled a lot mm-hmm. and particularly Karen, like ha- it has none of it. And no. she's kind of like, shut the fuck up. And she'll like put some in their place. But there's one moment where, and I, I mentioned this to you last night where yeah. like Georgia was trying to engage with someone and Karen like moved her mic away, but you could still hear. And she was like, don't talk to them. Yeah. Like, just like, don't like acknowledge those people yeah. that are just being fucking. Cause also like, Again, no disrespect to the Murderino community. I'm a proud Murderino. I love all of you. You guys are all amazing. But people were drunk and yes. people were, we got to the theater and people were just like, you obviously just like drinking very, very heavily. Yes. And I think and it was, it was such a weird experience because again, these two women are sitting up there telling you pretty traumatic stories. And mm-hmm. like, obviously it's a comedy podcast. Like I'm not going to say that it's not. Um, and and they're and they're there to have a good time and people are there to have a good time. But if you're talking over them or you're screaming at them or heckling them, I couldn't I couldn't even hear the story that they were trying to tell. And it just it makes me really sad because 
listening to them for so long and knowing like the kind of people that they are and the kind of people that they like to interact with, I feel like it's a lot of the people there were not the kind of people that they like to interact with or not. It was not the kind of environment that they like to be in. They're both people who have suffered with anxiety and like who have, I mean, Georgia especially has like a lot of trouble even like being in this live show scenario, like talking in front of this many people. Karen is definitely more of a performer, but they're both very like introverted people. And like, there were just so many people there. Like they kept Karen and Georgia just kept making jokes about like how many cans of rosé people had drank because Mm -hmm. they were like, there was one point where Karen was, I think Karen was talking about how two women were about to be murdered in the story. And a man was like, Oh, I'm going to take care of them. And someone from the balcony literally screamed like, woohoo. And she was like, no, no, that's a bad thing. And I was like, I felt, I just felt so uncomfortable. And sorry, I feel like we've, we've talked so much on this, on this episode about this particular podcast. I'm sorry if you're not a fan, but I think, I mean, I think it applies in a lot of different scenarios when you're seeing a live performance for two people whose normal mode is like what we're doing right now is just Mm -hmm. like sitting here and talking to each other. Like we're not like we are performing for you guys, but we're not like we're not rock stars and we don't want to be screamed at and we don't want to be heckled. And I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling. Yeah. Um, I realize this is going to be like just playing back and forth, but the thing that actually was really pissing me off mm-hmm. was, and I, and I, okay, granted, like I made the conscious choice. I was not going to drink before the show because mm-hmm. a, yes. <laughs> I wanted to thoroughly enjoy it. And B when I drink, I really have to pee. Yeah. We were stone cold sober because Grant was like, I want to remember every moment. <laughs> And I was like, I absolutely understand. And like, and we're not shaming people no, who no. wanted to have a few drinks oh, at this show. Like, of course please not. Please like, go ahead. Like, there, I'm sure 99.9% of that audience was having a great time. Yes. Drunk or sober or high or whatever. Um, but the thing that was really annoying me was the number. So, granted, we were sitting at the end of an aisle. Oh my God, yes. But the number of people that got up mm-hmm. and thus we had to get up to make room for them mm-hmm. mid show was astounding. Because again, yes. this wasn't a rock concert. Like, this is like a storytelling live podcast where, like, you're like, first I'm thinking, like, you're going to miss the story, but then yes. almost like you're also making now me miss details it's not like oh i missed like my favorite note of that song it's like no i'm now i'm like i'm missed that whole section because i just stand up because you couldn't hold your bladder because you've been pounding beers the show was an hour and 20 minutes long you really couldn't hold it this i i'm i'm i feel like we're we're shaming oh i know but like there was there were there was like two girls in our row who got up two to three times during that 80 minutes yes and it was like and it was clear that Karen and Georgia could see when people were getting up because they made a joke about somebody getting up at mm-hmm. the beginning of the show. And I'm like, they can see it every single time someone's just like walking out. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, wow, nice. I feel so much better. <laughs> it's always like at the end of a, a bitch session, I'm like, wow, I just really needed to get that off my chest. Um, yeah, but uh, support your local podcasts, po- support your popular podcasts. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to see them live, you know, just be, be nice. Be, be nice to people. Do something nice for someone today. Yeah. That would be nice. That's great. Wow, we've never ended on, no. on such a positive note. Well, it's... It's really it's, lovely. It's a it's, hard time out there. It's very easy to, as I mentioned kind of earlier in this episode, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. It's very easy to get down. It's very easy to get cynical. Mm-hmm. And I think that while I'm usually kind of a... I consider myself like a realistic optimist mm-hmm. where I try and find the bright sides of things. Mm-hmm. Can't always find them. Mm-hmm. Can't really find them right now. But mm-hmm. just like... 
tell tell someone you love them today. Reach out to the women in your life. See how they're doing. Yeah. Um, you're so right. And while you're at it, throw us a like or a follow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that fucking means. Um, rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. Um, we are on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher. And is there another one? I mean, I'm pretty sure. People if, keep asking us yeah, if I feel we're like on if Spotify. You, we're not on Spotify. We're not on Spotify because they are very like selective about their podcasts. But I'm pretty sure if you don't have an iPhone and you don't have the podcasts app, there are a lot of other apps like CastBox, I think is one of them. I think there might be other podcast apps where like if you're on that, I think we might just automatically be on. Gotcha. So definitely check it out if you don't have access to the yeah. normal podcast app. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at our WF podcast. Um, don't search on iTunes for RWF podcast. Oh yeah. We've gotten a lot of that. Like couldn't find RWF and it's like, we're called resting witch face. Yeah. But on Twitter and Instagram, we're RWF podcast and also on Gmail, send us your ghost stories and your, Hey, that scared the shit out of me. And, uh, all the above suggestions, comments, concerns. We love you guys. We love you. Okay. Have a great day. Yeah, have a great day and a great weekend and yeah. a great week. Wow. wow. <gasps> Bye, Bye bitches. bitches.